Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on! Bigger, bigger! We've done that thing! Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. One of the seagulls. Follow the troll. It's because they think sardines will be strong into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. Welcome and happy Easter and happy Easter holidays to those celebrating, enjoying across the planet. This is the Keys and Grey podcast with me, Richard Keys, and... Me, Andy Gray. Still at a distance, still at 3,500 miles distance, mm. recovering from replacement knee surgery... And before we go any further, the update, Andy, is what? All good, Richard. Progressing slowly but surely. And I am scheduled to be back in Doha on Saturday late afternoon um, to resume my duties as uh, I've been very fortunate to be uh, your guest on your wonderful shows that you present on BN Sports on a regular basis. Uh, the reason Andy says that is because he goes into lockdown as soon as he gets back. And congratulations, my friend, on the pronunciation of scheduled correctly. Um, the mm-hmm. Americans say scheduled. It's a Correct. mistake that's repeated by many and often. Well, I always thought CH was, was sh- anyway. Well, well it's, like, it's like lieutenant and lieutenant. Lieutenant ah. is very English. Lieutenant is very, very American. American, very much so, yeah. yes. Anyway, we had a unbelievable reaction to our podcast last week with Paul Stewart. Um, Paul, of course, the former Manchester City, Tottenham, Liverpool mm. and England striker. And he spoke honestly and movingly about the abuse he suffered over many years as a teenage boy trying to make it in the game. Uh, He spoke also, of course, about his fellow survivors. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast, please do. I'll say it again. It is a tough listen, but it's something that we need to confront. If you're affected by the topics being discussed in that podcast, you can get help. People will listen. There is a Mm -hmm. dedicated helpline set up to listen to you, believe you. That's important. Believe you and subsequently help you. And the number is 0800 023 2642 0800 
023-2642. And Paul, if you're listening, um, we will be in touch anyway. But just so that you know, the reaction we've had is nothing but supportive. Uh, yeah. A whole lot of admiration for your bravery and those of other survivors who have spoken out. And football now needs to listen. And and we will, for for, for two, be watching. We cannot let this go. I, I, I'll come back to this in, in a moment, Andy. There right. should be a statue erected for the survivors. Okay? And mm-hmm. I'll explain my thinking on that in just a moment. Anyway, okay. as ever, a big welcome to our new listeners from across the world. Thank you for spending your time with us. Do subscribe, please, on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And you can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Keys and Grey Pod, A-N-D, Keys and Grey Pod. And it's always great to hear from you. Um, we, we didn't last week have a quiz. This week we can, Andy. Where in the oh. world am I? I have a right, go on. CN Tower, an iconic revolving restaurant. Uh-huh. One of my landmarks is Casa Loma and uh, Gothic Mansion, now a museum. You'll find St. Lawrence's Market here. I am the capital of my province. My, pro- <laughs> my mm. province is Ontario. CN Tower, I was going to say CN Tower yes. in Canada, yeah. Yes, and a very big welcome to all our new listeners in Toronto, Canada. It is lovely to have you with us. Ah. Um, yeah. So I've been up that I think as well. Have you? Well, your brother <laughs> yeah, lives in Canada, we're... doesn't he? Yeah, we toured Canada when I played for Scotland. Actually, Keezy once we 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 went and played in uh, in Vancouver. I'm sure it was Vancouver, Edmonton, where my brother was living. So that was a that was a real boost for him. He watched his brother play for his country uh, in his in his backyard when he was living in Edmonton. And I'm sure we played our last game in Toronto. I'm convinced we played three games against Canada. Back to back to back. It was, it was a it was a great little trip from the west to the east coast of of Canada. Really interesting. Is that the picture I've seen many times with you and Ruff and um, Big Ek all together? No, that's at uh, that's in Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall. Ah, okay, that one. So that's in Jerusalem. Uh, I know. <laughs> I've seen that picture many many times. I know. I know. Willie Miller's in it as well. I think Willie's in it. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. Mm. Okay, now here's my thinking. Go on. Statues are for heroes. They are for people Uh that have shown bravery. Uh And there are many of them. And there have been many erected. Yeah. And Manchester City. And we we, we obviously, when I say obviously, I know that what we're going to be doing this week, but let me share Mm -hmm. that. Uh, We'll be talking with David Platt shortly about uh, Sergio Aguero. Manchester City are going to erect a statue for Aguero. I fervently believe, Andy, and I've run this past a number of people this week, and Paul Stewart being one of them, that there should be a statue, a permanent reminder of what football got wrong, of what football mm-hmm. did not do. 332 clubs involved, wow. 849 survivors, and those are the people that we know about. Yes. I honestly believe that there should be a statue, and I think this should be the case that it's discussed and ultimately erected at Wembley. Imagine if just one, one 13-year-old being abused in the same fashion, because it hasn't gone away, Andy. It won't go away. It'll always be there. It won't be as bad as it was, but long-term, these problems tend to exist, and more so if we don't confront them, if we don't highlight them, if we don't shine a light on them. There should be yeah. there should be a statue to the survivors. 
yeah. to those people. Andy Woodward, how much more brave can you be? Paul Stewart, oh, I know. the I know. first high-profile individual to step forward and say, yeah, by the way, that happened to me. Uh, ultimately, David White, who, who knows he should mm-hmm. have come forward 20 years before he did, yeah. but it was hard. He, he couldn't, and we heard why. But there should be something, and I, I don't know what it should be. I'm, I'm not, you know, of an artistic bent, so... no. I, I just believe there should be something Listen, there that it, it, football it, it says, sorry, be, Andy. It could, be a, it could be a wall, Richard, with a roll, with a scroll of these brave um, people who have stepped forward out of the shadows into the light. It could be recognising with their names on like a, a, a memorial, a, not memorial, but on a wall that says, we will not forget you. We don't understand how you've managed to survive this, but you have. And here's a permanent marker of the recognition of what you went through. I don't know, but it's a great idea. Well, I, I, I ran it past Paul, who, as you would expect, was initially embarrassed and and, yes, and, 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 and felt yeah. pa- perhaps not. But then I, I think he thought more about the people that haven't been able to step into the spotlight like him. Mm-hmm. And 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 it has got his support, Andy, and I think it is something that we should endorse Good. and I think it is yeah, something absolutely. that we should 100%. chase. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of boys on the Nationals this week and said, look, can we get you interested? I cannot think of one good reason why the Football Association, whose chief exec this past fortnight has has apologised to everybody on behalf of the Football mm. Association that yeah. didn't yeah. listen. In, in in fact, like Charles Hughes, they turned their back and walked away. Yeah. Um, if if there is a genuine, genuine feeling that 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 people have got something to answer for, then then make it permanent that apology and and and. Give us something that, that others that might have to confront the same problem can can turn to and say yes. Do mm-hmm. you, you, you know what? Um, I, I I I I can speak, and that's the most yes. for me the most important yes. thing. Great idea, great idea, right behind it. Um, I I I did promise this week when in discussions with with uh, uh, our gaffer Andy that produces this that I would tell him the story of how Bobby Moore's statue got yes, to Wembley. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I I told you once for the keys and grey yeah. audience on being sports, but it yeah. it, it is a, it is, I, I mean it is an extraordinary story, and it is an example of how things can get done dependent upon who you know and what. Correct. Actually, not so much what you know, but but um, as I say, the former. It, 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 a friend of mine, Danny Desmond, you know him. Um, yeah. o- owns a property company called Bride Hall. Got to know Bobby Moore very well. Um, during the last few years of Bob's life, uh, uh, Danny had, in, in, in the years when Nick Faldo didn't wear a cap and wasn't sponsored, uh, Dan, Dan, the name of Danny's company, Bridehall, was on the bag. It was the only name. If you look back at those pictures, you'll see it. Um, anyway, Danny's playing golf at at Wentworth and, and Bob's there. Um, and, and Danny fell in love with the guy. And I, I mean, having spoken to Jeff Powell recently, as we did, was easy yeah. to do so. I never understood why there wasn't a statue to mark the achievements of someone who should have been knighted, as it happens. But yeah, Bobby, me too. Bobby I agree with you 100%. Uh, Can't, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm flabbergasted just, to this day. It's incredible. The lack of recognition for your World Cup winning captain. It's, it's, it staggers me beyond belief. Unbelievable. Anyway, Dan, Dan, Danny and I used to talk about this a lot. And, and um, uh, also part of that group was a guy called Peter Mead, who at one time owned Millwall uh, and was a, a partner in the uh, advertising company Abbott Mead Vickers in the city. So 
Peter knew very well what it was we were looking to achieve. I'm sitting one night at Seven Dials in London, which is um, in, in Camden, waiting to go and see Brian Richardson, the then chairman of Coventry, mm. in yeah. the Covent Garden Hotel. And Peter had been appointed to the board of New Wembley. And it, all, all of these things just, it just sometimes all come together in your head at the same time. And I thought, wow, I know what we can do. We can ask Peter to see if he can suggest that we should have a statue of Bobby Moore at New Wembley. And, and I rang Danny and said, what do you think? Yes, rang Peter, leave it with me. And, and weeks and months passed and nothing happened. And I picked the Daily Mirror up and there's this poll. Who, who should we have a new st- a, a statue to? A new one? <laughs> Nigel Bucock or a, a, you know, a rugby league tri-scot. And there, there were all sorts of examples. And I, I thought, what the hell is this? So I rang me and I said, what are you doing? I thought, I thought we'd agreed. And he went, no, 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 we have to go through the procedure. So they, they, they'd run this <laughs> poll. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, relax, we know who's going to win it. Well, we know who's going to win it. Bobby's going to win it by miles, yeah. <laughs> and Bobby did win it by miles. And and and, and we later, uh, uh, Stephanie picked up and ran with it, and, and yeah, it was commissioned, and it stands there very proudly. And, and I'm absolutely chuffed to bits mm. that we did it. So there's an example to all of you who think, no, you won't, you can't do that. Yes. Yes, so I think can. I think I think it was Obama, was it not, that said, "Yes, we can. Yes, Andy, we can, mm-hmm. and we've got yeah. to. We really have got to, because it can't be forgotten." No, no, that's true. One hundred percent can't be forgotten. Cannot be. By the way, why didn't people jump all over Sterling's dive? Uh, it was uh, well, it was it was soft uh, to say the least. There was a, there was a little bit of contact and. Uh, it would, it would have been an interesting one had uh, VAR been uh, an operation uh, to see what, if anything would happen. I tend to think that nothing would have happened. There would penalty would have been given. I thought at the time the guy going to ground was asking for trouble. Uh, no need to. Uh, and I thought he gave Raheem the opportunity. There was a little bit of contact. And like most front men, if they feel that little bit of contact, particularly in the penalty area, they're going to make the referee make a decision. That's what he did. So nothing wrong with it for me. That That happens. That's what we've got. And you know it was it was another good. It's been a good week for England. Good week, but <laughs> I think in a week where results have been better than performances for me, mm. and maybe I'll get shot down for that, but I don't care. I thought England were okay, but um, far from the finished article for me. Far from it. I beg to differ. I think he's down. Uh, certainly heading down with a, with yeah. the accompanying scream before if if there's any contact I I don't yeah. believe there was I think it's sadly the world we now live in that that soft. can happen soft no not soft Andy it's cheating it it it, 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 it it's cheating <laughs> it is it is uh, here's an interesting one Premier League clubs fear uh, their concerns about VAR may be overlooked after it emerged that responses to a recent survey were not sent directly to the governing body. Answers from clubs about VAR were initially sent to a polling firm, Ipsos Mori, not straight to the Premier League's business development team, not known if the answers were then sent to the Premier League <laughs> in full and what? exactly as written. What? Uh, I mean, what honestly. The, what the hell is the point of doing it for? What's the point of asking people? You could not, not make going it to up. send it to the relevant authorities. It's a, a joke. I think they're just worried about the hammering it's going to take. Well, and, and so it should. And it won't get yeah. any better until Mike Riley is replaced. Yeah. Uh, agents, would you believe, walked away with $272 wow. million. I thought it was a pandemic on record. 20 Premier we League clubs. For money. I thought football was really on its knees. Agents, Andy. And yet we're paying a quarter, a quarter of a billion pounds to agents, though. 35 I mean, million spent by Chelsea, 30 million by Manchester United, 
another seven Premier League clubs paid out more than ten million, led by oh, Liverpool, yeah. who paid twenty-one. The others were Arsenal, Everton, Leicester, Newcastle, which might wow. surprise a few, Spurs, yeah. and Wolves. West Brom spent the lowest four million. Why? Why do agents get paid to move players along between clubs? Why? I don't know. I've never known that. I, I've never known that ever. But I mean, it's it's a modern phenomenon that's happened. It's something that started, and we've allowed to get a grip in the game. And it's almost as if uh, clubs now can't buy a player, Richard, without going to an agent first. I mean, if I'm Manchester United, I'm the best team in the country, Man City or Liverpool, and I want to buy you, and you're playing for Newcastle. What? Why can't Liverpool pick up the phone? phone Newcastle and say, we're prepared to give you fifty million for Richard Keyes, knowing that you'll get him. Is it a deal or is it not a deal? Why why does that not happen now? I I I, I can't answer the question. I, I don't know how difficult it must be for Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool no. <laughs> to persuade players to sign for them. I just don't get it. Um the the latest will be uh, Jack Grealish. Um, Villa have said they'll put a price on him and, and we know will sell in the summer. What price would you say he's worth? Oh, wow. I mean, are we taking pandemic into the situation? Into the equation or what do you think he'd go for? No, because I think, the, I, think the, I think half a dozen proper ones will probably still go for what they would have been worth. So right. I think you I can... Think, I think Jack might go for anything between 80 and 100. I agree. There you go. I think the high end of that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. I just think he's worth it. And I've said to you before, I've been a huge fan for a long time. I've always said to you, it would make any team uh, in the top six better. And a lot of people have gone, well, well, well you, you mean? And here's an example. Manchester City, the best team in the country. I look at you, get them on their books, then that must tell you something. If uh, Guardiola thinks that he might make this team who are going to be champions again this year better, then that, that tells you that... Uh, he is highly thought of in the footballing world, hugely. I mean, I, I do feel for him this week, one or two I feel for him, Madison, who have missed out and what would have been a good week for them to be with the England squad. So uh, we shall see, but a good player is never forgotten. And I think that uh, England would be foolish to sort of discard Jack and James Madison just because they never made it because of their injuries. But that's football. They're, they're, England think they're rock solid in that department, that they have a, an abundance of talent, and they do. But as Arsene Wenger told you and I, what did he think? What age did he feel that you should pick your best player? What age was it, Richard, again? Around uh, about Jacks. There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, around about And that's Jack's what I'm age. thinking. A lot of players like, uh, that, like the ones they're putting pressure on, like Mason Mount and like Phil Foden, um, who they're saying are going to be the two that are going to be there. They're young boys still. They're young boys. And at, at this level, in this company, it's going to be really difficult for them. But really, at 25 is right where he should be mm. and right at the right age. So it'll be an interesting one for, for Gareth Southgate going on to see who eventually ends up uh, picking. We record on a day when Erling Haaland's dad is apparently speaking mm. with uh, Barcelona, but this also fascinated me when I read it today. Uh, Lionel Messi's move to Manchester City is now case closed. It's off. Um, <laughs> it was never on. I was going to say it was never on, was it? It was never, <laughs> ever on. <sighs> I, I mean, Guardiola and Messi will never, ever work together again at any point, anywhere, at no. any time. No. 
when you've been no. forced out of a club as Guardiola was by the player, I can't think you're rushing to sign him no. anywhere else, are you? And I, I've said to you before, though, yes, still got talent, still got quality. But is he going to be the, the missing link between them winning the Champions League and not? I, I don't think so. Not at 33, 34 years of age. Still a great talent. But, you know, Juventus thought that when they bought Ronaldo, that he would be the one, he would be the catalyst. He would take them to the Holy Grail of the, the Champions League final and subsequently win it. And he, and he hasn't, you know, and, and that, that's the fact. So I, 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 apart from... Uh, apart from selling shirts, Richard, and things like that, I see no reason why Manchester City would want to sign um, Lionel Messi at the age he's at now. I read from Martin Samuel again. Almost certainly there were those at the Football Association of Ireland who saw Mick McCarthy as a dinosaur. It's an <laughs> insult that, that's yeah. often tossed his way. An old-fashioned coach playing old-fashioned football. Yet in McCarthy's 10 games as Ireland manager, his team lost once and won five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what would they give for that kind of record now as Stephen Kenny toils still looking for his first win after 11 games in charge? But he, he, apparently, Andy, he plays football the right way, Kenny. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I just... that's, a, that's a quote that comes out often, yeah. uh, the right way. And the, the thing is, I keep saying, there is no right way. There's whatever way you like as a coach. That's the right way. Um, the one you like, the one you want to play. And yes, if you have players who want to pass the ball around, fine, that's the way you want to play it. But it's not right, it's not wrong. It just happens to be what you prefer. Mm. And long may it continue that we have various ways of playing this game because as soon as we get down to the same teams, they play the same way, week after week, game after game, and they all try and do the same things, uh, I, I just think the game will be poorer for it. Mm. Um, so keep the keep the diversity in football. Keep it um, like that. Show us teams that, that that don't want to play it across the back thirty five times before they get it forward. <laughs> you know, let teams who play forward quickly let them play and let them show that they can win football matches and games because that's what makes it. The differences make it. Uh, here we go. Um, we'll introduce our guest in just a moment. Sergio Aguero joined Manchester City from Atletico Madrid in 2011 for £35 million. What would he be worth today if he was joining at the same age and at the same stage of his career? Top end, big, biggest 180. Who's the top transfer? What is it, Mbappé? Yeah. Neymar? Somebody like that. He'd be up there with them. I think so. Yeah, uh, up there with them. In the 10 years he turned into the club's leading all-time goal scorer, he's the fourth highest scorer in Premier League history behind only Shearer. Rooney and Cole won four <laughs> Premier League titles. Think about that, four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was the catalyst, obviously, that got them over the line first time around. Uh, one FA Cup, five League Cups. <laughs> um, the catalyst I talk about was the 94th minute goal against QPR yeah, to take yeah. the title in 2012. And as we've mentioned already, the club are saying they're going to honour him with a statue outside the Etihad. Do you think, and we'll talk with David Platt in a moment, yeah. who was there when they signed him, do you uh, think he'll stay in English football? Wow. Wow, what a, what a, what a shout. I don't know. Um, would he stay in English football? Okay, they've decided, City, that he can go. They've obviously had conversations with him. And whether they've tried to persuade him to have another season, I don't know. It doesn't look like it. But I, I cannot believe that he would leave. I don't know. Would he leave to stay in England? Or would he leave to go back home? Would you leave to sign for, say, Manchester United? Or... <laughs> Arsenal uh, or well, Chelsea. Would you, wow, you might. He obviously loves the league. He's loved 
uh, Premier League football. He's been a massive success. Who needs a centre forward? Manchester Chelsea. United. Chelsea. <laughs> and Manchester Chelsea. United, probably exactly. a number Arsenal. nine like him. Yeah. No, Arsenal would, I mean, Arsenal too, too far away from me to, 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 to him. He needs to get a team that he thinks is going to be up there um, at the sharp end next season. Um, because he hasn't got two seasons to see if a team develops in the way that maybe Mikel Arteta will want it and maybe the time it might take them. He doesn't have that time at the age Sergio's at. He, he needs to get to a team that's down the line further or down the road further and United and, and Chelsea, in my opinion, are. And definitely, I mean, would be better teams for a fit. And this is what I say. I don't know what his injuries are like. He's, he's missed too many games this season for my liking. Um, but um, a fit Aguero... Would he make United right now better? Yeah. Yes. Would he make Chelsea better? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. So, I don't know. But he may he may feel that he wants to go home. I don't know. Um, and he might want to go and play in Argentina for a while. I, I, that's, you know, a lot of the guys do. I noticed Cavani's talking about that. He might not renew his contract at United because he wants to go back to Argentina and play there for a couple of years. Uh, it's often a lure that's, that's strong for the, the Argentine players. So, We'll see, but certainly the league will be poorer without Sergio, that's for certain. Mm. Well, let's introduce our guest. Um, was assistant manager, of course, at Manchester City that extraordinary day when Aguero won it, or should we say Aguero? <laughs> yeah. What was it Martin said? Drink it in. You will never see anything else like it. That's yeah. right. He was, he was so, right. I mean, so often, Martin, was was absolutely spot on. Um, yeah. uh, Platy and Roberta Mancini, of course, touchline, the boys that put the foundation stones in place. It is decision day for Manchester City and for Queen's Park Rangers to Torres. Zabaleta! Where's it going to drop? Is it? Is it? The goal is given, and it's Zabaleta! And suddenly the mood changes from desperation to delight for Manchester City. As it stands, they're going to win the title. Let's get this. Um, let's get this. Let's get this formal and correct. How are Mr. we, Mr. Platt? Yeah, <laughs> it's Platty. Platty, how are you, Philip? Thanks for that. I thought I thought, actually thought I might be getting arrested then when you said that. But anyhow, um, I'm good. I'm very good, actually. Yeah, not too bad at all. You boys? Well, you sound buoyant, David. We don't hear much from you these days. Um, no, no. Why? 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 Why have you? Um, why have you taken cover? 
Uh, I, I think it started a little while ago. I just um, pulled away from media, pulled away from everything, and started to quite enjoy the 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 anonymity that I was getting. And, I, and as mm. people requested things from me, it, and I was turning them down, whenever another request came in, it was very much a, mm, well, if I do that, then mm-hmm. they're going to be upset. So I suspect that this interview now and this podcast is going to cause me all sorts of neither with about 20 phone calls tomorrow of the people that I've just turned down in the last three months. All, all sorts of neither. That tells me that you have become a proper Mancunian. <laughs> it's where I live. Where I live. Well, not quite. It, you live in South Manchester, which I, I, I think is a very lovely part of the world, is it not? The, the leafy suburbs of, yes. Yes, mm. not too bad at all. It's very nice, actually. Very good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not quite Manchester, though, Platy, is it? It's South Manchester. It, it's it's the leafy suburbs of Manchester, yes, with blue skies <laughs> this evening, which is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's most unusual. <laughs> well, it may be in some ways, Platy, that's fitting. Now, listen, we want, we want the story. Whose idea was Sergio Aguero? Okay, I've been thinking about this because obviously we, 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 we primed that this was going to happen. You've not just phoned me up as I'm watching my steak cook. <laughs> we, 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 we might catch it. So, so I've been thinking about hey, it. And, and, and the, we went to... Um, he, he thought he'd been on Mancini's radar. He'd always always been on his radar. And and, and we went to Los Angeles pre-season. Um, we were staying in the hotel. We were doing our pre-season uh, training in, in, in Los Angeles with, with North American tour for Manchester City. And um, I can remember the a conversation going on between the chairman of the club who had a house in Los Angeles and actually saying that he was going around for dinner that night with Jesus Gill, who was the Atletico Madrid president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... He was going to do the deal, but it was going to be done over a a, 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 a nice meal and everything. And, and Jesus Gill was a very, very good negotiator and I thought it was going to cost a lot of money. And was Mancini basically insistent and was this the player that he that, that he wanted? To which Robbie said, yeah, yeah, because we, we need him and things. And then in breakfast the following day, um, Caldoun came back to us and said, right, the deal's done at 38 million euros. We're talking 38 million euros. 2011, would it have been? Yes. Um so you you gross that up to what what's happened in the modern game in the last ten years or so, <laughs> and we're talking a couple of hundred mil or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. easy. Um, so easy. this was right. Okay, fair enough. Great, no problem. We're getting Sergio Aguero. We did our preseason tour of, of of Los Angeles. He never turned up there, and then he was due to turn up in Manchester. And he he, he came along to training, and we're watching training. And he he, he to be honest with you, for the first two weeks didn't really run that much he didn't look that quick <laughs> he couldn't have hit a cow's backside with a banjo <laughs> and I remember sidling up I sort of distanced myself away from Robbie a little bit and went to the first team coach and said this guy's going to get us the sack <laughs> because, and I'm serious honestly because it, it wow. was like and I'm just thinking to myself oh my god his, his first game in the squad was the charity shield the community shield game against Man United <laughs> United had won the league. We'd won the, um, I think we'd come second, but they'd won the double or something. So the first game yeah. was the, the, the charity shield. We're 2 0 up at half time. Gets back to 2 2. No extra time, obviously. Managers have said the pre season friendlies of community, community shield, no extra time. Straight to penalties. 
I turn around to Robbie with about a minute and a half to go of injury time and say, why don't we get Aguero on? Good idea. Ask him. And I turn around and in my Italian and his Argentinian stroke Spanish, <laughs> I say to him, you're going to get warmed up and go on and get a penalty? Take a penalty? <laughs> he doesn't say a word, but just shakes his head. <laughs> and I'm thinking, not only can he not eat a cow's backside with a banjo, <laughs> he can't take penalties either. <laughs> and I sink into my chair. I just sank into my chair thinking, this is it. This is the end and what have you. Um, but it goes further. We, we actually nanny breaks free. We get beaten the community shield. The following week, we make the opener. We play the opener against Swansea City, newly promoted Swansea City, Brendan Rodgers' team. We play the opener on a Friday night of the Premier League. And we're winning 1-0 and, and Brendan's team are keeping the ball and everything and the result is no way a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And we're about 65, 66 minutes, something like that end. And Robbie turns around to me and he said, like, get Aguero warmed up, he's going on. And I look at him as if he's insane, honestly. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, are you serious? I mean, we may as well get a player sent off. We may as well put Balotelli on and then we can get him sent off. Again. We're, like, we're winning 1-0. What are we doing here? You know, he hasn't shown... He's not shown anything, honestly, seriously. So he said, no, no, he's going on. So I take my time with the set pieces, thinking, how can I stretch this out to keep him off this pitch and what have you? And in the end, 71 minutes, he goes onto the pitch. We're 1-0 up. It's a toss-up between the best 20 minutes I've ever seen in my life. Roberto Baggio for Juventus against Pescara when we were five up after 20 minutes and he'd scored four and made one. Or Aguero's 19 minutes when he came out. He scored two, made one. I still don't know how he made the goal for David Silva now. And you stood there, I'm watching on the bench thinking, what, what has Mancini got? Because everybody's hailing him now as this superstar uh, a selector of players and everything like that and if they'd have come into the place two weeks ago he'd have been sacked honestly it was uh, it, and from then on I mean then the rest is I mean they say it's history and everything but he just went on then and just became this unbelievable player and it, it, you know I've spoke about him in glowing terms one he's a diamond of a lad an absolute diamond of a lad um, in fact he's, he's the one real player that I miss from Manchester City and in terms of you know, you leave and things like that and you're missing because he's a diamond yeah. of a guy. Um, but I wouldn't put him in the class because of the statistics. You know, if, if you're talking about Ronaldo and Messi being in the penthouse suites yes. of, a, of a high rise, I mm. would say Aguero's got the second best view. I think wouldn't, he's in I wouldn't that. disagree with that. Sorry. I wouldn't disagree with that. You've yeah. got to talk about him in in those things. He can he, in, mm -hmm. in terms of a player that can shape a game and change a game on his own. I mean, I used to go to bed on a Friday night thinking, how can these defenders cope with that tomorrow morning, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> and and when you say the rest is history, the rest is legend, Platy. I, I, but yeah. by the way, as an aside, as an aside, you talk about. Mancini choosing players. Nobody saw Yaya as a 10, but he did. He'd seen him play, I think, uh, for Monaco. Uh, David Silva. I, I, I mean, so company was already there, but so many of the pieces that Guardiola subsequently worked with were already in place, and people tend to forget that. And I'm always of the view, that, listen, we'll come back to it. I want to talk Aguero. I think had Mancini stayed, Manchester City would have won the Champions League by now, but that's just my opinion. I'll Maybe see later what you yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, you, you can't say anything whether he whether we would or we wouldn't have done. But I think I think you're right. I think what 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 Robbie did, and I think what 
what a lot of people don't understand outside of football and everything is that we went in and, and one of the one of the benefits of going into a club when I went in there in that summer and and it was literally right, okay, well we've earmarked seven players and we got six of them. It was Yaya, David Silva, Jerome Boateng, Kolarov. Um what that does is is immediately transform your dressing room. Yeah, totally. But what it immediately does as well is it puts six so called superstars with the real ump and you have to manage that dressing room, you know, with, with, with half a dozen players that are earning a great deal of money that are clearly surplus to requirements and everything. And you've got to manage that dressing room as well. Um, now, his way of managing it was basically saying, you're not training with us, so disappear. Or it, was, it was more like, well, they're soaking now, Robert. Well, yeah, you sort them out, type thing. But that, that's another story. But, um, but yeah, it, it brings with it its own problems. That's what I'm saying, you know. Um but I, you know, I, I, again, you go in and and you know Manchester City, they'd had all that money, they'd had all that that you know the influx of the of the finance and everything, and they'd gone on. And I got I got ridiculed, I think on 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 Sky. I was working with you boys when I think you asked me, Richard, whether whether they could win the league this year when the money came in. I said no, they won't do. And it was great living in Manchester there because you turn away, you you know you turn basically half the city against you immediately. Um, but I just didn't think they could do because I think they needed to build up to to winning the league. You know, you can't just go out and buy players when you're not in the Champions League and expect them to come to you. No, um, no, that's fair. And I, yeah. and I think, you know, what happened was, and, and, you know, they built up to that period, but but Robbie transformed it when he came in with, with the help of the money that came in and everything. But his identification of those players that came in transformed Manchester who, City. Who was that, the one you missed, Platty? One, one summer. Who was the one you missed? What do you mean? The one that we missed? Yeah, the number seven. Yeah, six, uh, you got six out of seven. <laughs> it's David Louise, actually. That's David Louise? Mm, mm. Was it really? Yeah, Benfica, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. And again, the reason, I mean, it, it, was, it was another funny story because there was no money left in the, in, the, in the pot. Obviously, financial fair play was coming in. There was money left in the pot and everything, but it was all about what can you get in, what can you spend, and mm. we're spending money left, right, and centre. We're not selling players because they're earning more money than God and we can't get them anywhere, so we can't sell anybody. Um, and to be honest with you, we ran out of money, but that's, you know, it was quite funny really because Robbie was like, get me the players, get me the players, get me the players with, with, with Gary Cook, the chief exec at the time and what have you. And Gary was explaining to me that it's like, the problem is he wants them that quick that we go in and everybody knows that they can have our trousers down on the negotiation. Yeah. So with yeah. players that should have cost 20 were costing 25 and, and, and in the end, we never we never actually got David Louise because there was no money left in the pot, you know? Yeah. Um, so... I don't Six think he's too kindly, Robbie, to me to say, well, you, you might as well buy him. You're earning enough. You're earning enough in your life. You buy him. <laughs> you see, that, that moment you talk about, Platy, I, I, I spent two years in Manchester and I got to know that club fairly well. Um, during the time that we worked at Sky Better, and, and for me, they were always the nearly club. Franny Lee always said, mm -hmm. if there was a, a club that would win cups for cock-ups, it's Manchester City. They were always... <laughs> I mean, even when they won the title in 68, United won the European oh, we Cup. Tried they were it. Always yeah, we tried shadow. hard in 2012 to copy yeah, that. Well, well, you did. <laughs> but the point is, that moment for me was the biggest, arguably the biggest in any club's history because it changed everything. It changed the mentality. It changed the belief. And all of a sudden, Manchester City weren't coming second they were going to come first. That's what I think City fans owe Aguero. Do you agree? 
I would say they are going uh, aware of uh, that, and by default, all Mancini as well. And, and, and I yes, think they do. Yes, I, yes. You know, in all fairness to the Manchester City fans, I think they they do. You know, they remember Robbie Robbie very very fondly and things like that. You know, and in many ways, you know, and, and not to, I don't want to go off it too long because we are talking Aguero and things like that, but. It actually happened at Old Trafford, I think. The, the, the change happened at Old Trafford. If you remember the Rooney overhead kick when they beat us 2-1? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant goal. We went in at half-time in that game. We were 1-1 at half-time, and they'd given us a right good eye in at Old Trafford, if I'm honest. Um, we were 1-1 at half-time, and he went in, Robbie, and he tore a strip off him. But the, 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 he tore a strip off him in the manner of saying, you're frightened. Yeah. Now, you shouldn't be fine. And we actually went out second half. We actually went toe-to-toe with Man United and were better than them in the second half. And Rooney scores the wonder goal, the overhead kick. We get yeah. beat 2-1, but the boys came in the dressing room after the game. And it was a real pivotal moment because they realised that the best team in the country weren't as good as them. Mm. And it was a real pivotal moment. We'd been beaten at Old Trafford, but it was a real pivotal moment because they'd gone out for 45 minutes and gone, no, we'll go toe-to-toe with you and we're better than you. Yeah, and I think it was it was then, and and from then that's when I think they went on and we started to win games, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, win the big games. But you know, one of Robbie's mantras was always, "It's not the big games you need to win; it's the little games." Mm-hmm. You know, you can get motivated for the big games, but it's the little yeah. games. You know, it's, it's the Everton's. Yeah. I don't know whether anybody played against Everton and things, but I played for Everton. <laughs> lives. Sorry, I, sorry, Andy. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what was it? Do you remember what Joey Barton said to us about that last game of the season? As he got sent off, <laughs> yeah, get somebody else sent off. What was he, well, was he trying to get sent off? Obviously, he was trying to get Aguero sent off as well. But he, he also said, Platy, that you'd gone. He he felt yeah. Manchester well, City I'd gone. I'd no, gone. Not you. They. <laughs> they. <laughs> you had gone as well. You had gone as a collective. Right. I'd gone. I'd, I was completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. And the team. Um. You know what? The strange thing was about about that. I mean, I remember we, six games to go, we'd gone eight points adrift. We'd got beaten at Arsenal. Mario had been sent off. They'd won. They'd gone eight points clear of us with six games left. Uh, The following Wednesday, they were at Wigan. We played West Brom at home. We beat West Brom at home. They got beat by Wigan. And I remember the boys in the dressing room after the game. Um... And we were watching the last two minutes at Wigan United were getting beat 1-0. And we were lost in the, watching the, all crammed round the laptop and watching the game. Um, and they got beat 1-0. And again, there was, a, there was this shift. Although it was still five points, there was this shift. We classed it as two points because we had them to play at, at, uh, at the Etihad. So we, we thought, right, OK, it's two points. So we're now talking, we win all our games. There's one draw that's got to happen. Got to happen. And it happened, they kicked off early, the uh, Old Trafford against Everton, um, winning 4-2, about five minutes left, finished up 4-4. We beat Wolves 2-0, um, another small club that, that certainly put players <laughs> played for. Um, and... He's battered you, Andrew. <laughs> I'll let you off because... Yeah, the the good thing is, Andy, because I'm about... Because, because I'm about I don't know how many thousand miles away. I can say things like that without no, any fear. No, you're not. Platy, Platy, you're about 100, ah, 100 no, miles no, away. No. He's sat in the West Midlands yeah. at the minute. Knee replacement surgery. Oh, right. Okay. Well, no, uh, we, we, we beat a magnificent side <laughs> in Wolves. And, um, and, and, and United got drew against a magnificent side in Everton. Now it's just, um, and... 
you know what? What basically we we actually thought that we that that's it. Now we can we we we've, we've won it because we had a much much better goal difference than them. Um, we played them on the Monday night, beat them on the Monday night, and went top of the league. And I, I remember being really really worried going to St James's Park. The euphoria of beating Man United and thinking it was all done. We think we've won it. We didn't actually play that bad against QPR. We played well against QPR. Mm. My real concern was if they sit back which they were going to do because, to be honest with you, I think they needed a point to stay up or something for, for definite and, and Bolton needed to get beat at Stoke. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if we can break them down. You know, can we break them down? And Zabaleta scored with about five minutes to go or ten minutes to go before half time. And I thought, that's it. And he came out in the second half and it was just a very... The whole second half was strange. It's not just what Aguero did. The whole second half was strange because QPR didn't particularly play well to score the goals. We didn't particularly play badly to concede the goals. There were just individual mistakes. And before you know it, and the Joey Barton sending off and everything, it was just moving from one place to the other. You know what I mean? We went 1-1. You don't worry about it. We go 2-1 down. You're now starting to worry because we need two goals. Joey gets sent off. Immediately, you're thinking, right, they're down to 10 men. That's fine. But down to 10 men, they just sit back even further. And it's like, oh, my God. And I can remember looking up at the clock with four minutes to go, two one down, when it hit 90 minutes and the the, the, the guy, the, the, the fourth official put four minutes up and Robbie was out on the, um, in the technical area, not saying anything, literally just stood there putting his, his hands through his hair, his lovely flowing locks. Yes, it's very <laughs> lovely, go. lovely hair he's always had. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Always. I could tell you a story about that in a minute, but anyhow, he's, <laughs> he's rubbing his hair through his lovely flowing locks. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what do I do here? Because there's no point in me going out there to impart my words of wisdom with four minutes to go of a cup for, of a, of a title-winning game at home against QPR when you've set yourself up and everything. What words of wisdom am I actually going to say? But I thought, yeah, when the full-time whistle's 30 seconds, I can't leave him on his own there. I've got to be with him on his own. You know, and, what, and Dzeko scores, and, and we jump up, and then you sit down and you think, what, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. and then when Aguero scores I mean I've had mates before I just took off down the touchline and what I had a mate ring me up and said did somebody drop a burger or something like that and that <laughs> you were running for um, uh, you know and it was like literally bedlam and I, you know the interesting thing about that game is QPR kicked off the result had come through from Stoke that Bolton had got relegated. They hadn't. They kicked the ball in the far corner. Joe Hart went to get the ball. Nothing. Unless they go and press that ball, Joe Hart's not giving it on back. And QPR just couldn't be bothered. The players just couldn't be bothered going catching the play. There was actually about 70 seconds left on the clock. Wow. It's just and the referee, the referee would have actually had to play that 70 seconds out with Joe Hart playing keepy-ups in the corner. <laughs> and he blew the whistle he actually blew the I think he realised I think it was Mike Dean I think he realised that this is going to look a bit sad here so I may as well just blow the yeah. whistle because KPI weren't going to press it and there was no way on earth that Joe yeah. was going to kick it you know? but on that day at that moment with that chance would you have wanted anybody but Aguero no no yeah. no do you know what and and and, and, and you know we, we you know, you play the game and things like that. And I think if you look back at that goal and to explain it, it's the second touch he takes. Correct. Absolutely. In in a totally and utterly pressured situation that is just inbred in somebody of his calibre. Mm. Because it's the second touch. 
that just enables him to score the goal. If he snatches at it after the first touch, it might get blocked. And the guy slides in and he just takes one more touch at that point in that game. And the quality of it comes subconsciously. He doesn't think about that. It's just a mark of the quality of the player, you know? Unbelievable. There's no time. To, there's no time to think, Platy, is there, for for Aguero? It's, it's no, none it's whatsoever. But what I'm saying, Andy, is that yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that second anybody, yeah, a, a non-goal scorer would snatch at it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what 100%, I mean? Hundred percent. Uh, and it could get blocked because of that. But that extra touch he takes just opens up the space for him and things. You know, a little bit like one dropping over your shoulder in an England jersey. <laughs> uh, I, I, thought about I thought that was a clearance. I, I think you'll find there's not one of them. There's about 150 of them somewhere. <laughs> Shut that dog up, for goodness' sake! By the way, should he now stay? Should he stay in England, or would you expect to see him leave? I don't know because I've been away from it for eight years. I think he's always had this hankering to go back to to Argentina, to Boca, or yeah. somewhere like that, yeah. um, and. It's not going to be a financial decision, let's be perfectly honest with that. So, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if what Sergio's got lined up is a, is a return to Argentina. I don't I think he'll stay in England. I don't think it's um, his radar. I think that what will be on his radar, if, it, if it's Real Madrid or Barcelona, I think it's a big pull. United? Um, I don't think so. I think PSG possibly would be a big pull for him. Um, a Bayern Munich would be a big pull for him. You know, these top, top clubs. I think Aguero's got to go top club. Yeah, as I said. That and that would Platy, be in his yeah, ilk. Mm. Or what he about goes Chelsea? back to Argentina. What about Chelsea, Platy? Possibly, but I just don't... I don't see it. I don't know, because I, as I say, I've been out of it for a while. I just don't see it. I see more... I see more the 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 the, the stellar teams, the, the the glamour teams, the Real Madrid's, Barcelona's, yeah. the Bayern Munich's, the Champions League winning teams, or I see a return to Argentina. You know, there's one thing about saying I'm going to go back to my my home country and play for Boca and everything. Well, if you're going to do it, do it when you're going to have a real effect, and he's still yeah. going to have an effect at this age. You know mm. what I mean? Do it at 35 when you're just playing it out, and it's just a homecoming. Mm. Yeah. If you're going to do it, go and do it properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know, but I, I just suspect that knowing him from eight, nine years ago, but I haven't I haven't seen him for, for that length of time. It's always a gamble, Andy, when a player's been abroad and you invest and, and you keep your fingers crossed that maybe there's enough left in the tank. Mm. I remember Arsenal have done it once yeah. or twice with uh, with players yeah. down the years and it hasn't worked Shield, out. Shield miserably richer, actually, yes. a couple of times. Uh, yes, High-profile players that went with... Yeah. Came back with big reputations, <laughs> the tank was empty, no, Richard. If you want, guys, if you want, I can send you a picture of that Premier League medal and the FA Cup double. It's up to you. You can have your jokes if you want. Have your jokes, no problem. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll just have a sip of my red wine. We'll, we'll close the phone call. I'll just go and have a look. At, I'll just go and have a look at those two trophies Bloody on my puss, mantle. I can't tell you how much we miss you. Thank you for talking to us. And, and, uh, I hope we haven't caused you too much trouble with others that have been... Made the same request. The last one about Aguero. Me and me and Aguero shared an attribute. Because I had the same attribute as a player. Aguero's real, real skill was his deceleration. 
He could decelerate <laughs> immediately. And I had that skill as well. The difference was I could decelerate very quickly because I wasn't moving very quick. Mm-hmm. That's fair. He was going, oh, no, I'm, I'm serious here now. If you look at him, it was his <laughs> biggest, biggest attribute. Yes. Stop and then go again, <laughs> perhaps? his biggest attribute. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He had this unbelievable explosive pace and explosion. But he could slam the brakes on immediately at that. And and defenders couldn't get anywhere because by by the time they were slamming the brakes on, they were doing an extra couple of yards and he was going yeah. again in a different direction, mm. you know? There's a goal he scores at Old Trafford and we get beat, I think. I think it's the, the year that, that after we won the league. And I think, we, oh no, we beat them 2-1, but we'd lost the league. And he, he scores a goal and it's Rio that's defending against him. And he just stops and starts and stops and starts about three times with Rio. And he <laughs> he, he makes a yard up on him in, 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 a, in, a, in a short space and bangs it in the top corner, you know. Mind you, yeah. mind you, Bella's, mugged, Bella's mugged Rio off and he had a dodgy knee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say again, Platy, you, uh, you, you've been quiet too long. It's been an absolute pleasure yes, for, for us to listen. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. not only I mean, that, forget, I can't be quiet now. For the next 20 calls I get, I can't be quiet, can I, because <laughs> I've just done this. <laughs> Platy, forget you end in the UK. As soon as we can, we should get you back over to see you at BN Sports here Correct. in Qatar. I'll tell you, we miss you. We miss you big time. <laughs> okay, but it's the, it's the one place I'd come. Thank it's you, Platy. It's the place I'd come with you, boys. We'll see you in the summer. Chaps. See you in the summer. Speak soon. Thanks, see bye, you, buddy. Bye. bye. Cheers, Andy. Take care, bye. bye. Brilliant, Andy. I, uh, I, I mean, you know, we've all seen it. I, I always say to, to yourself, goals you've scored, you know, we see them from our perspective. Only you know about that moment that you were in. And it's fascinating listening to Platy about that touchline four minutes, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's it's amazing that. I mean, you forget. I mean, I, yeah, I remember the goal. Obviously, it's an iconic goal. You'll never forget, even though you're not a Manchester City fan. But the one thing you do forget is that with four minutes to go, they were two one down and losing the league. Yes, it, it was quite an extraordinary turnaround of events, and in, in that match, the contribution of Jekyll when he came on as a substitute, and then, as Platy says, he would not have. You see, I wouldn't. I think if Eden Jekyll's on the back end of that second chance, that Guerra one, he doesn't score. There you go. And that's no disrespect to Jekyll, who's a top player. But I don't think he scores. Why? And that's the difference, I think. You see, these, podcast, I don't think... these podcasts, Andy, are supposed to be 40 minutes long. We've strayed again. I like to think it's been I worthwhile. Know. But go on, explain why. Yeah, because what I'm saying is, I think Jekyll was not as natural and, and as, as, as gifted as, as Aguero. What Platy talked about that second touch, right? I think maybe Jekyll, and maybe I'm doing him a disservice, but just having watched him play, I think Jekyll would not have had the dexterity and the speed to take that second touch and hit it as quickly as, as Aguero did. Mm. Platy talked about his ability to stop almost instantly. Well, Jekyll was a... a, a, a he wasn't a, a mover like Aguero. He didn't move as well as Aguero. He wasn't as quick as Aguero because he was much taller. And I think he might have got one touch, but then it, he would be hitting it. And I think the chance might have gone, mm. as Platy was talking about. And that's why I think in certain situations, you, needed some, you need somebody there. And at that time, in their history, Manchester City's, they needed Sergio Aguero at that moment in time. And he was a perfect player at the perfect time. Well, it's been a brilliant listen again. Um, I always know it's gone well when I've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> listen, fly well. I won't expect to see you next week because you'll be locked down, but I know that you'll be yes. closer than you are this time around. So um, That's true. Uh, on, on we go. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, only, I'll actually only be about 
You will. Um, those of you who think yeah. that, that we're right and there should be a statue to the survivors, um, please get in touch. Let's get a bandwagon yes, rolling. Um, you can get in touch at Keys and Grey Pod, A-N-D, Keys and Grey Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Andy and I look forward to spending time with you again next week. Agreed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.